Hey, what's up? It's MJ. Let me tell you about a wine region you need to visit. Just over a year ago, I visited Walla Walla Wine Country for the first time, and let me tell you, it was phenomenal. Walla Walla is one of the most fertile agricultural areas in the nation, producing everything from wheat to asparagus, strawberries, and sweet onions, but is there exquisite high-end wines that have put Walla Walla firmly on the map. Wine growing in the region dates back to the 1850s when the first wine grapes were planted by Italian immigrants. Unfortunately, Prohibition wiped out winemaking, and it wasn't until 1974 when Gary Figgins of Leonetti Cellars began planting grapevines. Ten years later, in 1984, the Walla Walla AVA was approved by the federal government, and in 2015, the Rocks District of Milton Freewater was approved by the federal government as a sub-AVA within the Walla Walla AVA. The Rocks District is the only AVA in the country based entirely on soil type. So whether you're into Bordeaux varietals, Italian varietals, or like me, Rhone varietals, Walla Walla has got you covered. Do yourself a favor and book your trip to visit one of the most exciting wine regions in the world. Go to wallawallawine.com for more information. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey, everybody, what's up? It's your boy, MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is a visionary vigneron and a self-proclaimed crazy Frenchman, Christophe Barron. After studying viticulture in Champagne and Burgundy, Christophe realized he wasn't yet ready to enter the family business and gave in to the urge to travel. An unexpected winery internship brought Christophe to the Walla Walla Valley for the first time in 1993, and then he returned to Walla Walla for a strictly social visit and was wandering the countryside with a friend, and he was on the Oregon side of the Walla Valley where he spied an open field littered with acres of softball-sized stones. Uh, Christoph purchased that property and planted his first vineyard in the stones of the Walla Walla Valley on March 21st, 1997. Uh, what was considered by many to be a foolish gamble on that field of stones has been rewarded year after year with some of the most acclaimed wines in the region and the nation and even the world. Welcome, Christoph. Thank you very much, MJ. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, we've been talking about this since I met you at hospice, which is, shit, it's two years ago now. Are you on half? Yeah. Well, well, you know. Yeah, almost two years. It's October. Two years. It's two years. (laughs) (laughs) Time flies. Time flies. Um, And Mm -hmm. um, oddly enough, hospice is going to be around your way this uh, go around. Absolutely. In Walla Walla, Hospice du Rhône, you know, it's coming to Walla Walla. This yeah. is very exciting. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit. But um, first of all, so good to be here with you. Likewise. Uh, uh, visited with you. But what what did you bring for us to try? 
What are we drinking? I only, I only brought two bottles. I, well, I mean, come on, man. Like, we both got to work later. I mean, you your work is going to involve way more than this when you leave here, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So I, I brought um, a great burgundy. I mean, two two domains that, uh, a domain and a vigneron, wine of vigneron, but basically uh, uh, two wines that, or two domains that really have inspired me mm-hmm. for uh, different uh, reasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first one is Domaine Le Flève mm. in puligny montrachet mm-hmm. I mean, this is a 1995 uh, premier cru from Puligny, Clavoyant. Clavoyant. 2015. You sent me the wrong bottle? 2015. Sorry. That's okay. That's I was like, he's old. He, see, he's right. supposed to send the 1995. All right. So, I mean, isn't it beautiful? Oh, it's... The minerality. When there, you have these the wines, and this is, this, is when you, this is like when you do understand, like, there's nothing like white burgundy like there is it wines like this or like mm-hmm. yes i've had chardonnays that i enjoyed from other parts of the world i know you don't because you're french that's okay <laughs> but but like but when you have like a, a polini like ah this is this is this is why chardonnay is a noble white grape right and it's a 2015 so it's only seven year old almost yep. like you know this is really good for me like i don't yeah. i wouldn't want it for me i wouldn't want it like i know people like those honey notes but this still has all that right. verve and tension this is so alive for me right now. I it's like it's right, but it's not overripe. Yep. And then what yep. you have here, I mean, you have beautiful sense of terroir. Mm-hmm. So much minerality, the limestone there. Yep. And the wine is very sizzled. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason why it's sizzled this way, you know, and it has a verticality and and that's because of biodynamic farming. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I brought the wine from the Wait a minute, whoa, 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 this is biodynamic. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, it doesn't say biodynamic on it. I mean, why they don't have... I, yeah, I, I think they are uh, Ecovert or certified. No, I, th- I, think, I think they don't give a shit. That's why. They just Maybe make really they're, they're definitely not Demeter yeah. certified. Yeah. But uh, they're part of a group. I'm sure they in are. France. They're part of a group, but they're not... <laughs> They're not certified, and um, the, the, so so that's the very the first one. So I, I studied in Bonn. Okay, I'm from Champagne, of yep. course, and yep. then I, I studied in Champagne from age 15 to 18, oenology and viticulture in Champagne, and then I did transfer to Burgundy, and in Bonn there, and that was a big eye opener. Okay. This is the first time I realized, oh, I understand that notion of terroir, right. what the word terroir means. Yep. And and then it went from there, you know, because from coming from Champagne, where you could blend grapes, mainly at the time Pinot Meunier, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, and yours, and then village and parcels, you arrive in Burgundy. And here, there's a vigneron there that has like four or five rows of, of Grand Echeuseau or whatever, and then he makes a burl every year. So it's a snapshot mm-hmm. of the terroir in the year. And so that's the reason why that notion of Burgundy really and terroir start in Burgundy. The thing is about biodynamism. Um, back then, I read an article uh, when, I was, when I was a student in Bonn about biodynamic farming. And it was an article about La Coulée de Serran and Nicolas Joly. Oh, but I love La Coulée It's oh, wonderful wine. Great, great Chenin Blanc, Jolie, yeah. right? Yeah. Amazing wines yeah. with a lot of minerality and verticality yep. and tension in yep. wine. So I read that article and at the end, there is like actually a list of the domains that were actually starting to uh, to play with biodynamic farming and experiment with, with BD, right? And one of them was uh, Domaine Le Flève. And of course, there is like La Loubise Le Roi, Domaine Auvenet, mm-hmm. the Queen of Burgundy. Yes. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> it's another dimension. Uh, this being said, um, that's how I, I started to, 
be more interested about Domaine Le Flav. And, and then they restarted Biodynamic, I believe, in 1993, something like that, 94, 93. Mm -hmm. And they started with Le Clavoyon because it's a pretty big parcel. It's about five hectares, so roughly 12 acres. Mm -hmm. And I think they did some, they did some, some uh, conventional farming and then organic farming and biodynamic farming. And they completely switched to biodynamic farming in 1997. So from there, I mean, I was able to test the wine prior to BD mm -hmm. and when they were completely farming with BD and it's night and day. Mm. And talking about the tension, the verticality yeah. and the salinity in the wine and freshness is there. Yeah. So this I knew then when I will have my own domain, wherever I was, uh, I will have actually to, to farm with those techniques. And that's the reason why this, this domain is very, very important to me. Awesome. So you are um, from a, a family of vignerons, and you were born in Champagne? Yes. Um, so um, where are you from in Champagne? Because you know, we got Reims. Where are you from in Champagne? Right. So Champagne, Champagne is a big, yes. big area there. <laughs> so we, we are from the very western part of the Marne Valley. Um, this is the kingdom of Pinot Meunier, where we are from. So basically, we are equidistant, 70 kilometers from Paris and 70 kilometers from Reims, okay. right there. So basically, when you arrive at Charles de Gaulle, you, you open your rental car and you, you drive to the beginning of Champagne, the first slope. That's where we are. It's called Charlie-sur-Marne there. And uh, there's Chateau Thierry. There is Belleau Wood, not far away. So it's very well known for some like big, big battles and fighting mm -hmm. during the first, first World War in uh, 1917 when the, when the American joined the, the war and, and uh, Belleau Wood, I mean, there was like some, some big, big fighting uh, against the German there. So this is where we are from. How long has your family lived in that region? Uh, since the 17th century, for sure. We have document since 1677. I was like, that's, so that's like, <laughs> like, I was like, so, so since the 1600s, yeah. Since the 1600s, 1677, wow. we have documents that we were trading uh, pieces of land with some neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so there is a, there's a name by the, uh, a guy by the name of Nicolas Baron. And uh, so, so that's mean that we've been in the same village since then. By the time, you know, there was a little polyculture. There's orchards, mm -hmm. uh, there was like agriculture, there is uh, uh, animals, raising and vineyards. And then actually they will make steel wine mm -hmm. and put those barrels on barges and the wines will, will go to Paris and will be sold in the Paris Bistro. So those wines were okay wine, you know, just like every day drink, drink wine. Tablet. Vendetable. Vendetable yeah, yeah. at the time. Yeah. So... Um your family has, has, when did they start producing champagne? Back in the 1600s or? Yeah, I mean, at, at the time, there's not much champagne yeah, that was yeah. being produced, you know, yeah. maybe some near Palms France. Palms and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poivre. Exactly. Yeah. But um, that my grandfather decided actually to produce his own champagne when he, after the Second World War, when he came back from the war. Okay. He was one of the lucky ones that yeah, came I mean, back. I mean, that's, I mean, that's like, when you think about world wars, I mean, people don't like, as as crazy as now, like it was so savage and barbaric. Right? I mean, it was like, like if you went to war, you were probably going to freaking die. Yeah, die or get, get. You're going to be really maimed. You're gonna, or you're going to lose a leg, an arm, an eye. Go, go, be, be a prisoner and, yeah. and be sent to Germany. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, so he got, he got both my grandfather got lucky. That's the reason why I'm here today. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> it's amazing. So he comes back from the war and he's, he's like, I'm going to make some champagne. I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to stop selling my fruit or selling the, the vin clair, the mm -hmm. bulk wine. And I'm going to start uh, making uh, my, own, my own champagne. And that's what he, he started by, with a friend of his who was his employee. And little by little, every year, he will keep more fruit, produce a bottle more, more wine. And that's how it started. What's the name of uh, your family's? Because you have your own. We'll get into that. But what's the name of right. your family's? Uh, it's called Champagne Baron Albert. Okay. So Albert after, after my grandfather's first name. Okay. Amazing. Um, does that even make it to the United States? It, it does in some places. Yeah. My cousins are working on it right now. Uh, but it, 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 it should be everywhere here in the United States. I mean, the quality is awesome. So it, it's going to, to make it here. How much do they make, though? I mean, like, I mean, is it, would it be like what we, we would call our, <coughs> our grower champagne? Is it right? Uh, well, it's not grower champagne because it's a family business. That they were, there's three families my, my father and mm -hmm. my two uncles. So they have their, they used to have their own vineyards, and then the company will purchase. The fruit from, okay. from, from them, but it's all family owned. Okay. It's 60 hectares, so it's about 150 acres. It's pretty big for champagne. I would say that's pretty big for mm -hmm. champagne, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, the production is about 500,000 uh, 500, cases. Half oh, a million, yeah. Yeah, half a million that's, dollars. That's, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a nice, yes. And I'm the oldest one of the family. I was going to say, so like growing up, how many siblings do you have? I have one sister. You have one sister. But a lot of cousins. But like, how many cousins do you have? Oh, Way too many. <laughs> I've got maybe like, uh, I've got about 12, 12, 15 cousins. That's nothing. Like that. When I was, when I was younger, cause now I'm old, I'm an old man. You see my gray beard. But like when I was like a teenager, you ready? 54 first cousins. Oh my goodness. First cousins. First cousins. Yes. 54. 54. <laughs> <laughs> How many uncles and aunt? Um, my father had, was one of 10. And my mother was one of well, it was five, but one passed. My mother was one, so one of four. Okay, so it was fourteen. All right, but it was my father's side that 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 had all the like another another one of my uncles had ten kids. Like we only had two, but there was people. It was most people between like five and seven, right? Right. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. I mean, I mean, how how can you uh, remember all the names? Nah, man, come on. I've been sitting this is the second podcast where I've been drinking. I got this white burgundy. I mean, at one point, I could know all the names, but we're not here. But I was just saying, he's like, I have lots of cousins, 12. That's like, <laughs> it's like disciples. That's not a lot, man. <laughs> so she's just starting out with 12. Right. <laughs> um, and then also something, and and we'll get into this more with your wine, your sparkling, your champagne, not your sparkling, I'm sorry, because it is proper champagne. proper champagne. But you said that area is more planted toward Pinot Meunier because, you know, what's really well-known in the States is like Blanc de Blanc. Mm -hmm. But where you're from, it was Pinot Meunier. Pinot, the Valley de la Marne, it's mainly, there's a lot of Pinot Meunier. Uh, back to uh, 1956 in our village, there was only Pinot Meunier. Wow. Of course, right now, but they were all saying the fruit to Negociant. Yep. Uh, who are from Epernay or, or Reims. So that's the reason why in the Negociant, they need Pinot Meunier for their uh, non-vintage, yep. yep. brut, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
But when you start like actually producing your own champagne, that's uh, my my uh, grandfather in 1956 was the first vigneron in the village actually to plant Chardonnay. Okay. And then after that, some Pinot Noir to make blends. Yes. All right. So, uh, but it's still very well known for Pinot Meunier. One reason also is like we have this area is very prone to uh, spring frost, mm -hmm. and then Pinot Meunier bud break much later. Of course, then Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, uh, seven days or 10 days later, and it makes the big, it makes the difference. Yeah. You know, you can save your, your crop. So yeah. that's the reason why. And then over there, a lot of clay is rich in clay and uh, St. Twain limestone. So the clay can be, content can be 50, 60%. So that's, that's the reason why you've got great tension in our Pinot Meunier. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. <clears throat> so what was it like growing up in a family of, of vignerons? Like, uh, you know, we'll get to, but like, Like what's that? What's that like? Like what? What do you? What do you do? You wake up and you go to school and you come home from school and then you got to go work the fields or the the vineyards or. It's you go to school. It's a small village, twenty five hundred people there. So I mean, I, I I went to school there until I was fifteen, and then mm -hmm. when I decided like to uh, to become uh, to learn about enology and viticulture, so I went to Avis. On the Côte des Blancs, it's about an hour uh, okay. drive. But otherwise, yeah, it's cool. It's uh, Uh, playing with friends, playing soccer with friends uh, on the weekend, on, on Wednesday afternoon. And uh, during the vacation, actually, it's uh, going to, to the domain and work there. Okay. Uh, starting when you are like probably 10, 11. Mm -hmm. So uh, labeling, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cleaning bottle, uh, uh, going to the vineyards, putting, trimming, After after the, the pruners or things like that. So during my vacation, I was always my dad was always take, you know, take me with him. So that's how I guess you develop a um, a desire to uh, to become a vigneron. Yeah. I guess you know. So I, I, it was innate for me. At age 15, I knew. I mean, at age 15, most of the kids don't even know what. What they're gonna do, you know, and, and even now, like if you're 25, sometimes you have no idea what you're gonna do in your life. At age 15, I was very lucky because I knew that I wanted to become a, a vigneron, like my my dad and grandfather and grand grandfather. That's all your dad did. He never had a, a career, civil career. He always was a vigneron. My dad, my my grandfather, <coughs> everybody in the yeah. family. Okay. We are all a bunch of vignerons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, because there are some people who might be new to wine. Define vigneron for them. Ah, a vigneron. So, um, a vigneron is a, is a wine grower. First of all, you have your own vineyard. Okay. You, you tend your own vines. Mm -hmm. You have your own vineyard. Um, a vigneron is also a wine creator. I don't, I don't like to use the word winemaking or winemaker because mm -hmm. winemaking, there's a word to make. And it just rubbed me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And it's more about the creation and, 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 and a craft. So that's what a vigneron is. And a vigneron also, after producing the wines, needs to sell the wines. Yeah. You need to, yes. you need to be out there and selling the wines, right? Yep. yep. Uh, which is the toughest <laughs> part <laughs> of all. Right? So, so that's what a vigneron is. And a vigneron, of course, is a heavy wine drinker. <laughs> cheers to that cheers <laughs> I could be a Veyron <laughs> um, your mom was but your... hang on no beer drinking no beer drinking no beer drinking forbidden well at least I'm an integrist 
with the beer drinking. I probably drink three beers every year. Wow, That's three it. whole beers. That's right. You know, and, and I like to tell the story. Like, yeah, please wait, tell the wine, story. Winemakers. <clears throat> Sometimes you hear like it takes in Cal- a- and, 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 and in the US, particularly in California, it takes a lot of good beer to make a great wine. Exactly. <clears throat> and that's completely bullshit, right? <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of great wine drinking to create great wines. <laughs> this, is as simple, this is as simple as that. So we have a fridge at the wine studio and you open that fridge and it's full of champagne. That's all we drink after work. So I, I, I've, 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 I've visited, I've, I've been lucky enough right. to visit Christoph and he, this is like going to sound like so dicky. Most of you will never be able to visit, but like it's, <laughs> but like it, he puts on a good spread, man. <laughs> it is, it is, it's champagne, Christoph Baron. It's, oh, it's whatever, whatever. There's always a good excuse. There, there's always like a, just a private chef. We had, we had, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I love that. You buck the trend. And you know what's so funny? When I came out the first time, when I'm, I met you at hospital, when I came out mm-hmm. last year, and I'll be out around the same time, I interviewed some people. And one of them was Josh McDaniels from Bledsoe right. McDaniels. And Josh is a all American kind of guy. And so everybody brought their wine. You know what Josh brought me? Josh brought me, we, we had two Coors lights. And, it did, <laughs> and, and I was like, dude, I thought. I thought the expression was it takes a lot of good beer to make a great wine. <laughs> <laughs> not not shitty Budweiser. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> come on. No, no, come on. <laughs> can do better um, than that. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you for defining that. And so you always knew you wanted to uh, – let's talk about, you know, uh, as an American – my mother's from the South, so my mother could throw down on some soul food. Was your mother a good cook? Did we, she was a great cook. Yeah. My mother was a great cook. My grandmother, her mom was an amazing cook. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with, uh, uh, in, with them in the kitchen. Uh, uh, that, that was just wonderful. I mean, so, so early you are introduced to amazing food like this. But it's very French traditional food. Okay. Uh, it, it was not about the way it looks. It yep. was the way it tastes. Yeah. Right? Right. So we talked that we, we, we do the... You know, you guys may have seen some of the 20 questions with MJ. And one thing you said, if your last meal would be, it would have a, a rabbit dish. Right. Right. Um, so did you have like stuff like that, like game meets rabbit and things like that growing up? Growing up all the time, all, all the time. I mean, my my grandmother, um, they had a farm also. Okay. So they're raising all the animals and they had their gardens. And so... Uh, eating ducks, rabbit from from Simone. Her name was Sim- Simone. Um, uh, beef, veal, sweetbreads, you name it. I mean the porks. I mean andouillettes. Everything. I grew up. I grew up with that. There's not a single part of an animal I cannot eat. Yeah, good for <laughs> you, man. I mean, <laughs> you said sweetbreads. Like, oh man, oh. I got. I have to expand my food. Pie. And I have expanded over the years. But man, I I do envy people who grew up just eating the whole animal yes i mean because it's it, there's it just i'm respect, sure respect for the well animal. first of all respect yeah that 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 is so true but second of all like then you're you're having these all types of and i'm sure they said like 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 with with organ meats there's just like all the the different elements you have to pair the wines with it must be um fascinating and fun fascinating and fun and guess what um then cholesterol grows up. <laughs> There's a new problem there, you know. 
and then you grow your own fat liver, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. I, we, <laughs> fattening but myself life, up. But life is good this way, right? Yeah. So we're all listen. We're all gonna die. So let's like don't don't hurt anybody, but have as much pleasure as you pleasure can as in you life. Yes, I'm certain. You know? um, so amazing. We talked about this. You mentioned it. You're 15 years old. You know this is what you want to be a Viron. So you go off to where to learn? To Aviz. To Aviz. So okay. Aviz, a grand privilege near to Menil sur Roger. Okay. And there's a, a school there, viticulture and energy. And it's uh, at 15. School. I love how like like young you can get going on what you want. In, in Europe versus like we have like there's so much money involved in our education it's just like you have to do this many years because we have to pay teachers I mean but right. so 15 you're going off to do what you yeah, want to do yeah boarding school and I stayed there for three years okay and I was such an amazing terrible student <laughs> I was like <laughs> So we can interview some of your professors. <laughs> right I mean you, or, you, or, or my uncle I mean at the time my uncle was the uh, uh, the director of the school okay And uh, after three years, he contacted my parents and myself in the office and said, we need to have a talk. Here. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, you are, how did he put that? Yeah. Um, what did he say exactly? You, uh, you, you, you are pretty much the shame of the family. <laughs> Wait, say it in French. I'm sure it sounds even worse in oh, French. Tu es la honte de la famille. <laughs> L'enfant terrible. L'enfant terrible. <laughs> honte de la famille. <laughs> so let me tell you something. I was in my seat, very small, you know, and say, you cannot stay here. Oh, you know your shit is fucked up when your uncle kicks you out of the board school. <laughs> And so I said, uh, so what my dad said, what are we going to do with him? You know, and say, well, I have, I have, a, uh, I have an idea. We're going to send him to Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's send him, send him down to the Burgundy. <laughs> to Burgundy. And, and so he can finish his degree there and, and get his diploma and move on everything. Let me tell you something. This is the best thing that happened in my yeah. life. Yeah. Burgundy. Burgundy saved my life. Mm. Otherwise, I would have stayed in Champagne, uh, maybe fail and not get the diploma, but go back home and, and, and work with the family. Mm -hmm. And so instead, it did open my, my mind. I mean, not only that, but um, at the time in, in, in Bonn, the big buzz was DDO. Domaine Drouin Oregon. Yeah. The, the Drouin's family yeah. purchased some land mm -hmm. in, in the Willamette Valley. Yeah. And that was a big, big deal. Big deal. So there I was like, oh, maybe I should go to the Willamette Valley and see what's going on after I graduate. So before, you get, before we get to that part, when you graduated, um, you go down to school and like, who are the, are the professors like vignerons from down there? Like, or, or are they like, you know, we have, you know, we have Davis and you live in Walla Walla, which has an incredible, the community college has an incredible program that's launched so many careers for people. Amazing program. Who, who are, who, who are your instructors when you're down in Burgundy? Who's teaching you? It's like, uh, uh, those are like national. Is, is de Lavelle coming in and doing a lecture? Teach, I mean, teach, teach, oh, this is public school. It's public school. It's public school. Yeah, yeah. So you, so those, <laughs> so you, you go there. You, uh, you, uh, you are taking English and 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 French and mm -hmm. uh, uh, mathematics and and geography and history. Mm -hmm. Plus, you have the winemaking and and also the farming and viticulture and 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 so on. So you get a full rounded education. 
Did you, did you, uh, when you say full rounded, so did you uh, have the opportunity while you're in school to work at any of these domains? Yes, I'm apprenticeship. Yes, okay. I had, had uh, the opportunity to work for uh, Domaine Latour, Louis Latour, in Allos Corton. Had the opportunity to work for Domaine Chartron Trébuchet, uh, at the time in Puligny Montrachet. Now it's uh, Domaine uh, Chartron. They, okay. they, they split. Mm -hmm. So I had the opportunity to, uh, to do some internship in some amazing domain there and to do everything, go and work in a vineyard and, and shine and rain whenever, you know, and mm -hmm. then also uh, being able to help the winemaking team at the time. What's that like? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. I mean, first of all, you come from a family of vineyards, you come from Champagne and Champagne, we, we do what we, can we agree on this? And we don't have to, but I would have to say the most recognizable brand in the world in wine is champagne. Indeed. Yeah. I, I mean, so. I mean, I mean, I love white burgundy. I love the mm -hmm. room, but like the champagne is the most recognizable brand. No matter what you drink champagne, right, it's always right. a good excuse. Right. Like, but man, like, like I drink champagne when I'm happy. I drink when I'm sad. Like, I'm like uh, you know, you know, I drink when I'm eating fried chicken. She didn't say that, but now people do. Right. <laughs> If I drink. <laughs> enjoy your French fries. You drink champagne, yeah, right, right? Caviar, champagne. champagne. You, you know, I mean, you get a new girlfriend, champagne. champagne. <laughs> you know, you you get dumped by your uh, girlfriend, champagne. champagne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so so so, but you already come from this, uh, the, the arguably the most storied wine producing region in the world. But then, and and Burgundy wasn't it. Okay, so it was. It wasn't what it is today. Obviously, the, mm -hmm. the the quality was there. That's always been there. But like, you're like, you know, we're talking, we're talking pre Burgundy, really blowing up, becoming ultra luxury. I mean, we're talking bottles that were 120 now or like a thousand. I mean, I mean, you, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree, and I I missed I missed the I missed the boat there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay. I mean, if there's one thing I would like to create in my life, it's it's, it's Pinot Noir. Yeah. And even Harvey Steinman from Wayne Spector said, "Oh, you're gonna go to Willamette Valley," and and no, I'm not going to Willamette Valley. If I do Pinot Noir, you, it's, you, it's, it's 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 in Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a purist, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. And so that means most likely it's never going to happen. And at the time when I was a student mm -hmm. there, I mean. All those those vignons from Burgundy, they, they were like, "Oh man, from Champagne, you have that many hectares in Champagne." Right. Uh, wow. I mean, that was like everybody were they, they were all very impressed by that. Yeah. And and, and at the time, a a a a of vineyard in in Champagne was the cost. That was the same price than more or less. Uh, an acre of premier cru or maybe sometimes grand cru in a côte in a côte de nuit or côte de bonne. So the mm. thing is, except you know some some DRC yeah, and so I on, mean, yeah, yeah, but, but 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 there is like very very similar. And then I told my dad, I said, why don't we sell the the vineyard we don't really like in Champagne because there's some vineyards that yeah okay well yeah. They never make the best wine so why don't we sell that yep. and with this money go invest in Burgundy. And he did not. He did not like the idea. So I mean, can you imagine right now having maybe I could have like three, four hectares of of 
of burglary. That would be something. That's what I'm saying. I missed the book. Oh, yeah. No, you did. You did. Because, listen, I had um, Philippe Pascal on who, I mean, he did run LMVH, but he bought in Givry. Like, you could have bought in Givry back then, I'm sure, for cheap. Yes. For cheap. Yes, be before, before the before the... Chinese yep. and the American yep. first. American yep. came first, yep. and then uh, uh, some Japanese yep. and some some and then the Chinese, Russian yeah. and yeah. Chinese yeah. and so on. And yeah. now and and now it's LVMH. Yep. So I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, he purchased everything. There's no, no. There, there, there's no. no ceiling price wise. No, at this point, I mean, yeah. So that I, I just find that I just yeah. So I was wondering what it was like because yeah, they were because like, like like the plots are so small in Burgundy. They're like oh my god. Your family must be rich. You hold all this lead, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, so anyway, it is it is what it is. Yeah. Hey, I enjoy drinking the wines. That's already uh, well. A big listen, deal. I know. I mean, listen. Right. You 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 got people know you. You got a reputation. You're uh, you're Christophe Baron. You're Merci. self-proclaimed uh, Uh You're self-proclaimed crazy Frenchman, and um, you know, and you do well enough that you can afford some decent bottles of wine. So. It's good. It's very good. It's, it's very good. It's very good. It's very good. I mean, I, 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 this is such a treat. Thank you. I mean, well, you're welcome. I mean, I love, I listen, I'm always looking for that, that dope Borgonia, but like, like, you know, there's certain, you, you know, you pull all the flay Polini, you're like, okay, shit's, unless it's corked, you know, this shit's going to be good. Yeah, right. right. <clears throat> but they are, they are using, uh, jam cork. Are they now? Yeah, they are. Mm. So that's it's never going to kind of solving that uh right. that mid two thousands issue mm. everybody's had, which was those are those the are pre- kind of spotty, yeah. The right. Primox bottle, Primox, yeah. Oof, it was yeah. like it was such a shame. It was a shame. You know, you wait ten years to open that. Yeah, you're like ten years is refined. Ah! Like, oh fuck. <laughs> you cannot send it back. No, you can't exactly. <laughs> Not going back. So I uh, guess what you make a good sauce. Yeah. <laughs> you make you make the the, the sauce for the rabbit. Yeah, it. I mean, because yeah, I mean, it, it you know it just adds a little 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 earthiness to it. <laughs> um so good so good so after you work you have the opportunity to work at some of these places um you graduate how old are you when you finish school 18 20, i was i was 21 21 okay yeah right. so, so and then what do you do at 21 i was 21 what do you do you you hope that you're gonna be exempt of uh service militaire okay military service at the time that was still compulsory yeah and it was from they move it from 12 to 10 months. Okay. So I was the first one to do 10 months. And um, that's 10 months that pretty much... It was good for the first few months because it's brother, I can't brotherhood. See you. I can't see you in any military, Christophe. I know, you're, yeah, a prob- yeah. you're a troublemaker. <laughs> well, I mean, I, the first few months, I was very good. And then I was in Reims. Okay. So guess guess what I was doing? I was in Reims uh, in the aviation. Okay. So for the uh, there's several escadron ex- there, and so there was a Normandy Yemen. So I was they put me like uh, every morning. My job was actually to check the cartridge of the um, ejection seat, <laughs> the, para- the parachute. Yeah, got I was it. Yeah, yeah on F one, you know, on the fight yep. mm-hmm. the, before they go for a mission. So that was my job, and after that, I was at the bar. Putting be- pouring beer and making croque monsieur for 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 the pilots. That was my job for oh, ten months. <laughs> dude, you gotta make me a croque monsieur next time I come out, man. I'll do a croque madame. I, that's the one with the egg, right? Yeah, well, that's the one. Yeah, with that's egg. that's what I want. I like with this beautiful you, bechamel. You have to, yeah, have the the croque madame. The croque madame. Anyway, so that's what I've done for ten months, and then after that, I I, I moved to the United States. Okay, so 
And that was 93? That was 93. All right. So how did... What was this unexpected winery internship? Was this with the Drouin family? Or? It was not. Actually, I really wanted to... At the time, it was much easier to get, like, actually a visa, yep. exchange student visa, yep. like, for 18 months. Yep. Renewable for another 18 months. Mm -hmm. That's, those are the good days. I was under Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those were the very good yeah, days. Yeah. And and so I got a visa for 18 months. Um, I went to work in the Willamette Valley, of okay. course. I, I got a job there, but only for three months during harvest. I needed to stay longer. Who was that with? Just curious. Th that was that was wisdom and uh, Adelsheim. Okay, uh, okay, Adelsheim. Yeah, David, yeah, yeah. David. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So, but I wanted to have a full right. experience for eighteen months. Right. And so, a friend of mine who was working for Waterbrook Winery at the time called me. We went to college together and said, hey, "You know, my visa is going to expire." I've been working for the Rindol family for eighteen months. I've got to go back to France. Would you like? to, you know, to come over and, and take my job. And um, I was on the phone with him, and uh, he goes like, uh, hey, here's Eric Rindola. You want to talk to you right now? <laughs> and Eric Rindola is on the phone, and I don't understand anything <laughs> at all. All I could say is like, hello, uh, I don't understand. <laughs> Sorry. Whatever. So there was no communication. Nothing je ne comprends pas. Yes, exactly. Because I took French, so I knew how to say je ne sais pas, and then je ne comprends. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. And so basically, there's no way we could communicate there. So Alexi gets back on the phone, and I'm like, I'm sorry. There's I can I cannot understand anything. And uh, he goes, Well, well, you know what? You you just got hired. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a beautiful. He's like he doesn't understand. He's French. I'll take him. I take him, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty about America. Yeah, you know, because no, no, no big deal. I mean, he's gonna learn, and I learn, and I learn uh, uh, English, American, when I arrived, and I get up to speed and everything, and I and I worked there for about a year. Yeah. Then I moved to uh, for the 1994 vintage. I was in Willamette Valley for uh, Adelsheim. Okay. I worked. I worked there for several months, few months, and then I went back to France. Okay. Every time I will go back to France, my dad will ask me, son, when are you going to come uh, back and, and be part of the family business? And I told him that I was not interested. Mm. I still wanted to travel, so I worked in Australia, New Zealand, Romania. And every time I will come back to Champagne, he will ask me the same question. To the point I said back in 1996, I said, look, I'm going to go back to the United States And I'm going to buy a little bit of land near Dundee and plant Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Well, the rest is a, is, is a history because, you know, I never made it to the Willamette Valley. I know. So, you know, this is a, this is a perfect time to take a quick break. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Christoph Barron. We'll be right back. Did you know that I've been to Walla Walla, Washington, three times in the past year? I had the honor of doing a live podcast out there last November. Then I was invited back to be the keynote speaker at the Walla Walla Wine Alliance annual Celebrate Merlot Festival in July. And I was recently there for the first annual Grenache Fest. Guess what? I'll be back in April of 2024 because for the first time ever, Hospice de Rhone will take place outside of the central coast of California and will be held at various locations in downtown Walla Walla. These are exciting times for what is still an under-the-radar wine region. With events like these, it won't be long before the world comes knocking. Do yourself a favor 
and visit this gem of a wine region before the word gets out. Go to wallawallawine.com for more information and begin planning your trip today. Okay, we're back. But before we get to Dundee, so you said you where to Australia, Romania. Talk about some of these places you were. Australia, yeah. I worked for Orlando Windham and uh, Jacob's Creek. I mean, it's, yep. it was owned. I don't know if it's at the time it was owned by uh, Pernod Ricard, yeah. by a French company. Okay. There, so I worked there for a little bit, and I and I left after a month. Because that's and that's that's not that's huge. not your kind of wine, man. It's not, it's not my kind of wine. That's millions and millions of cases of it's wine. It's not my kind of yeah, wine. There's 450 employees at the time. You had a helmet. You had the same uniform. I felt like I was just like a a, 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 <laughs> a, a pond with a number. Yeah, yeah. You know, and every yeah. time I was like, you know, and for the first month, all I was doing is cleaning tanks. Yeah. So I told my boss, look, I mean, I understand. It's very hygiene is very important in winery. Okay, I've been here for a month. I did not travel all the way to Australia to clean tanks for a month and maybe for the rest of harvest. And so I said, I'm sorry, but I've got to leave. So I went across the street, worked for a small guy there. It's called Janky Vineyard. Oh yeah, and Kim Janky, and then yep. and it was much better. And and uh, yeah, that vineyard approach. It was very very fun. And so from there, I went to uh, New Zealand. Okay, and and so again, right now he makes Rhone varietals and some different things. But like, so New Zealand, not known for like Rhone, it's Sauvignon Blanc. So it was like, right, that was yeah, that was in Blenheim, so the northern part of the of the South Island. Yep. Uh, near near the Hawkes Bay and the yep, Hawkes Bay mm-hmm. uh, and Kimblet Gravel. Kimblet yep. Gravel, sorry, there there is Syrah and and some Cabernet okay. there, but otherwise down there there was Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir. Near Christchurch mm-hmm. and Central Otago, beautiful. I love it down there. And if it was not so far away, mm-hmm. this is really where I was thinking actually to start a domain okay. was in New Zealand. But again, like we are talking earlier, you have to sell the wine. Yep. And I and it's, it's a beautiful island. It's pristine. People are wonderful. Wines are great. It's still an island in the middle of nowhere. Yes, it is. And I look. That's the reason why I look at it. And say, well, America. This is a place you want to be. Yeah. I mean, people have money. People don't care about spending money and buying expensive wine. People like to have fun in this country. Mm-hmm. And they, it's not like, like, like the old world, like you, uh, you keep your money and you don't show your money. Here, that's okay. People no, have fun. I love it. <laughs> I love this country just for that. Right? <laughs> They're like, I don't know. This wine got... 100 points, I'm buying it because I can afford it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is very American. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was, wait a minute, this is where I need to start a domain. <laughs> so, sorry. Romania, because people, I mean, now we have, now, now, you know, a lot of these countries where wine started, like Armenia, Georgia, are coming to the forefront, Romania. Um, where do where do you work in Romania and why how did you end up in Romania? How I ended up? I mean, I I, I was hired by a, a British company okay. that were actually sending winemakers over there, yep. working for some co-op like communist okay. yep. co-op at the time. <laughs> I mean, Chelsea School was gone, <laughs> right? And they were starting to open, but still a very rigid mm-hmm. um, system. And uh, so they hired me, one of my friends as well, and I was in charge by a. Uh, Constantia, uh, by the Black Sea, I was in charge of the white 
when making their Chardonnay. And so Avignon Blanc, and he was near the Dealulo Marais, which is like the foothills of the Carpat. Okay. And he was in charge of the raid. Okay. So that's, I, I spent like um, six months there. Okay. And this is where I got my first uh, gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so then you, 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 you make your way back to the United States. Right. Okay. Made it back. All right. So like when I read your intro, it said it was a, uh, it was a strictly social visit. In Walla Walla, there's a, a social visit. What was her name? That was... <laughs> <laughs> What, what was his name? <laughs> or in her name, Scott and Linda Byerly. Okay, okay. My, my, my good friends, farmers in, in Walla Walla. Okay. And this is where I stayed and spent like uh, the whole year. Uh, uh, he had a little uh, room for me yeah. there. And uh, so, no, there was no lady involved. Okay, okay. Well, actually, there was a lady involved. Yeah. That, was, that was my bug convertible. Oh, there my you car. Go. Yeah. I left my car there. Okay. 1971. Uh, uh, Ooh, classic. Yeah. Beetle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, classic Beetle, 1971. And Did I say convertible too. Convertible. Wow, Christoph. Yes. Got, well, yeah, I know you got style, but damn, that's a good car. I love. Yeah, yeah, I love that car, and I went everywhere, all the way to Tijuana, Mexico. Wow. To uh, to uh, uh, BC. To BC. Yeah. Uh, to the to the Rockies, the Canadian Rockies, and so on. So that car went oh, wow. everywhere. Yeah. Wow. At one point, I was actually putting more motor oil in the car than gas. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> to hold those Beatles. Yeah. So I, I went there and to pick up the car and spend a few days with my good friends. Okay. And, and uh, to touch base because I haven't seen them for a while. But everywhere I will go, I will take my book, which is the Hachette book, The Vin du Monde. Uh, uh, the wine of the world from mm -hmm. Hachette. So, but that thick is the French Bible. At the time, there was a French Bible. And every everywhere I would go, I would take that book with me. And we were at uh, the dining table having uh, some, some wine there with, with Scott. And I showed him photos of Chateau of Dupin. Mm -hmm. And said, look, we grow vineyards in France in some very unspeakable stony uh, uh, soil. And he goes like, huh, I know where there's stones like this in the valley. I'm like, are you serious? So yeah. So can you take me there tomorrow morning? Literally, I was leaving the next day. Mm -hmm. I was going to the Willamette Valley. That's the reason why serendipity is my favorite American word. Yes. <laughs> right. That yes. was it. Because I showed that book. Mm -hmm. Next day, we drove uh, across Tet Line. And then we went. We it's arrived. not that far. The Milton Free Water is right. a very interesting place, but I love. But anyway, yeah. So you right. Know. I mean, it's on the Oregon side. Yeah. Of the of the Walla Walla Valley. Well, most people don't. I mean, I didn't know, and I'm reasonably intelligent. But like, you know, until you go visit some places, unless you're a super wine, you, like you would never know that. Like, dude, I'm I'm just gonna digress for people because this is America, and people we don't know a lot of shit here. But like, didn't really like when you go out to Walla Walla. That's like driven by. Portland, Seattle, and Boise, like how mm -hmm. close those cities are. Like, right. like, like I live on the East coast. It's like, it's New York. It's like, it's about New York city. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, we don't, we would never think like, or, or, or if you go to California, uh, Napa and Sonoma, that's driven by San Francisco. It's just right mm -hmm. there. San Francisco, you know, the Bay area. Boom. Absolutely. But, um, so yeah, so there, so he takes you, you show him the book. And I, like I said, Sarah, be like, 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 how did you, how did you even like you were, Going to Oregon to buy land to grow Pinot. Why did you even open up the book and show them stones? We were having uh, just drinking fun. We were fun. having aperitif. We were having fun, and that's 
had the book. He was interested actually to look at the book, and that's how okay. how it started. Yeah, you know that's why it's pure serendipity. Yeah. I will never have brought that book with me, show Scott that that photograph. Right. I will be right now. We'll be talking Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Yep. Yeah, we would. We would. <laughs> we would. We'd still be talking because he's Christophe Baron. Right. But, but but okay. So so then he goes. I know where that. I like something. Like, so he gets in the car. Next morning, six a.m. early April of nineteen ninety six. We drove through the area in that white GMC truck uh, pickup, and we went through the area on Sunnyside Road, and we are driving, and there's orchards on both sides. And um, at some point, I spotted a 10-acre block there that was open and asked him actually to pull over. We jump out of the car, and I'm, I'm like, wow, is there a vineyard here in this area? He goes like, well, there's some vineyards not far away. From here, it's on the hills called Seven Hills. Yep. But otherwise, in the stones, I don't believe there is vineyards. And I'm like, well, this is it. I grab a couple of stones like that. So this is it. It's like, what do you mean, this is it? I'm not. I'm not moving to the Willamette Valley. I'm going to buy that piece of land. I'm going to plant Syrah. That was like that. You know, that's so pure serendipity. Then that was it, and I found the owner, and we 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 were able to strike a deal, and that was the very beginning of of my journey in 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 Walla Walla. That's it. It's very simple, right? I mean, be, be 1997 or 1996 and and still be a pioneer. It's pretty in, in it's pretty well, amazing. we're a fucking young country, man. So it's yeah, very... That's right. And believe, hey, believe, believe it, there's still some amazing land in the Walla Walla Valley. No, I know. And some other places that's just waiting, actually, to be planted. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm 53. So I'm like, now I've got enough with enough wine in my life. Except if somebody calls me from Burgundy. <laughs> I will do a little Burgundy. Why not? But otherwise, I mean, there's some amazing land waiting to be planted in the Wallawa uh, Valley. Well, speaking of Syrah, what did you bring for a red wine? Because it's very Syrah-y. Well, 2006 to 2006, uh, Domaine uh, Noël Versailles. Mm -hmm. Why, why is this a special wine for you? Why is this a special <laughs> wine? He is, uh, Noel was a mentor okay. uh, to me. I met him for the first time uh, back in the uh, in winter of 1999-2000. And, uh, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is like, this is cool climate Syrah, baby. It's cool climate Syrah, 100% yeah. old cluster, mm -hmm. no new oak. This is really old style. Yeah. This is really what I love. Yeah. So um, what happened is like, I called Noel. I never met him before. And I'm like, I'm going to be in the Cornas area. I would love uh, to meet with you if you have time and uh, open a bottle of my wine with you. So I'm there. I find his little house. I get in the house. And it's very little, and in the kitchen, there's a formica table with a, with a radio there. Mm -hmm. And then we open the bottle of wine, and so we test the wine together. We, we talk about Cornas, about Syrah, about my place, uh, what I have discovered in, in, in Walla Walla. And then I was really waiting for him to say, wow, this is an amazing wine. <laughs> You know, I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm 29 year old. Yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for that. Yes. For the blessing yeah. from, from, from the man, from the vigneron. And instead he goes like, wow, this is, this is good, but it could be better. 
said, what, what do you mean by that? He goes like, there is, you're not using all cluster. This is all these times. I said, yes, it is. I said like, start using some old clusters and you will see the quality of your wine will increase. With time, we'll get better and better. So that was the that was the declic when we say in French the declic. Mm. That was what the trigger mm -hmm. of for me with the 2000 vintage to start experimenting with old clusters. And we started with uh, 25% on the coccinelle vineyard. Coccinelle means uh, uh, that was the third leaf vineyard, and coccinelle means ladybug in French. Okay. So. I did one tank with 25% old cluster and the rest was all these stems like what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I saw right away the difference, the quality, the umami, you know, the nuances uh, of like that very noble bitterness and herbal character, yeah. the black olives and, and so on. So I knew I was on the right path. That, mm -hmm. And that's the reason why I wanted to share with you MJ Borel of, <clears throat> of, of Versailles because he is one of my main important person, vigneron, yep. and mentor. Yep. Uh, amazing. Um, what, so you have a number of brands. What was the first, what's your first wine that you made? What's the name of the first wine? What was the first label? So that was, that was Caius, under the Caius label, okay. which by the way, Caius is the um, Indian tribe uh, from Walla Walla. <coughs> um, Caius is an offshoot of caillou, okay. which in, in France means stone. And the French settlers in Walla Walla were French Canadian. They were trappers. Okay, so they came over from Montreal, mm, worked their way right. east to west. Exa exactly. Got it. I mean, some of the first <coughs> settlers, and they called the people they found there, les, they found them les cailloux. Okay. People of the stones. Right. Right? Okay. That's the reason why the first vineyard I planted is called caillou. Yep. Vineyard and um, that was a Syrah. Uh, the first one we we uh, we produced from this vineyard uh, was a Syrah. And <clears throat> what was so we know how when you went to visit he felt about your wine. But when you were first start making wines, um, were you submitting them for review? I mean, because that was that's right around that time. Like, where where what kind of uh, reaction were you getting to your wines? Oh, well, let me back up. Um. Yeah, I'm a backup because my first experience with Washington State wines was Bordeaux varietals because of Leonetti yes. and Figgins and Woodward Canyon. Okay, that's Walla Walla. Right, that's Walla right. Walla. Right. So, right. like you said, 1996 Pioneer with Syrah. Mm -hmm. Like, um, what kind of because of the, and I mean Jesus, I mean. I did celebrate Melo. I mean, you, when you, I taste an old Wilbur Cain, you taste some of these old Leonetti's. I mean, these are amazing wines. Amazing wines. Yeah, and they can age. Yeah. And, 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 oh, yeah. and Woodward Canyon as well. Yeah. Great, no, great wine. Woodward Canyon opened like a really old wine from a Magnum. I can't remember. It wasn't Merlot. And it was, it was spectacular. Mm -hmm. It was spectacular. Um, so you, you got this book. There's pictures like that's just like Chateau Neuf. You plant the Syrah, first vintage. Uh, you seem like you know you're not afraid of a challenge. So, did you know? Did the critics come to you? Did you submit them for scores? Like, kind of, what was the reaction from people? Like, this guy's kind of trying to grow some Syrah. Right. Well, it's it's a very good question because 
The first Syrah planted in, in Walla Walla was back in 1993. Okay. Right. And uh, Burl Figgins, yep. Rusty Figgins, mm -hmm. um, uh, Gary's brother, started making Syrah, made the first Syrah in Walla Walla in 19, with a 1995 vintage. On the third leaf, Syrah from Morrison, mm -hmm. Morrison Land Vineyard. That's how it started. Okay. And then at the time, Merlot was a darling. Yes. Merlot was a darling of yes. Washington State. Yep. And and then, but Syrah was starting like this. And then I said, okay, I'm going to plant some Merlot, some Cab. Because in a stone, it's very important to plant a variety of of different grape varietals to see what what's going to perform the best, Right. Uh, this being said, when I was in, in school in Bone, mm -hmm. uh, and I was not a great student either, but I great, but, <laughs> but guess what? We were quite often on Friday, we were calling, calling sick on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> night, nightclub on Thursday night, sleeping in. That's, and how, listen, that's our generation. Thursday night was when my weekend started when he, I was in college. In college, yeah. Yes. And, the, and then and after that, we will drive to the Beaujolais, or we'll drive south of Lyon mm -hmm. to the, the Northern Rhone, Côte Roti, and so on, Hermitage, and spend the weekend there. And that's how I, okay. I develop a, um, a palette okay. uh, for, for Syrah. Okay. And that's the reason why I said, okay, I'm not going to, I need to do something, plant something different. Mm -hmm. And I know that Syrah, mm -hmm. in that type of unhospitable terroir, uh, should perform well. So it was still a gamble. So yeah, so that's actually interesting because... Right. You said the, 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 the stones are like Shadow Nuff, and that's Grenache, which you will get to you growing Grenache, but mm -hmm. you went with Syrah first. I went with Syrah first because that was the, the vines available. Ah. Right. And also, Syrah ripen earlier. Yeah. So you, you've got to start with something that you know is going to ripen. Mm -hmm. Right. I would not have started with Grenache. It would have been a much. I'd have been a tougher road. Tougher road with Grenache yeah. first. Yeah. But, but with Syrah. I thought that was actually that was a good good way of doing it. So the first one I um, sent to the critics was to uh, one spectator on Irish Steinman. Mm -hmm. and I think we got ninety three and ninety four points, which at the time was a big. Dude, deal. that's a big score from those spect spectators. Doesn't hand out at the time much shit over ninety five back then for back real. Then. Yeah, right. that's a good. That's a really good score. You know, yeah. it was yeah, and 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 I had I had a wine for uh, uh, twenty three bucks and uh, and wow. I went for twenty five dollars. Oh, Ex wow. Exactly. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was so when we were, we, we started with 350 cases okay. the first year uh, in 1997. So purchased the fruit in 97, 98, and 99. And in 2000, we, we become 100% estate. Okay. But we grew up very gradually with three, 350 cases, then 98, 550 cases, 99, 700 cases, uh, 2000, maybe 900 cases. And that's how we 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 built uh, uh, we built the brand, and it's been it's been going very well for us since then. So then, what was the next brand that you decided to launch? That's the No Girls. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, he, you got to tell the No Girls story. First of all, uh, yeah, please, and 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 and. We got to put Harmon on blast here because with the no girls, like when you first came with the idea of no girls, like come on, like. Well, I mean, I love some people really uh, hate that name. Yeah, and that's okay. But you know, I mean, don't don't be mainstream. Don't expect that everyone's gonna say, "Oh, Christophe, I love your wine, your brands. I love the name. I love everything." I mean, it's it's good not to be mainstream. Uh, 
this is a nugget for all you people out there. This is a market nugget. So there's a guy named Dan Kennedy. Um, and Dan Kennedy says, if you haven't offended anybody by 12 p.m., you're not doing your job as a marketer. As a marketer, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reason why. And the reason why we did that, I mean, I bought some building in uh, in 2002, yep. downtown Walla on Main Street. And those were the oldest operating brothel in Walla Walla. Until the late 50s, there was prostitution in Walla Walla. There's also a prison there. It's a great town. It's, it really is a fucking great town. Yeah, it is. I mean, brothels, prisons. Yeah. Syrah. Wheat, onions. Wheat, onions, exactly. The sweet. <laughs> but anyway, so, so you purchased that, okay, and it, was, uh, and it had been. Yeah. And I was, I was going to turn it into the one studio, downtown Walla Walla, and it would have been a big mistake, so we decided actually to build uh, the production facility in the middle of the vineyard, which is definitely much more practical and efficient. Yeah. Of course, you know, and, and the smell and the noise and everything. So we still have those buildings, uh, they used to be the shame of Walla Walla back then, and they are still the shame of Walla Walla I know. nowadays. <laughs> See, I'm going to move to Walla Walla and help Christoph with that. That needs to be something really special because it's, it's right downtown. It's Between 4th and 5th. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I have, I have a lot of ideas. I am worried because you have lots of ideas. That's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas, but I don't want to end up in jail. Yeah, exactly. So we're not reopening the brothel. Uh, uh, no, no. So, but the thing if is, it was know, on the Las Vegas side of uh, <laughs> Washington. Look, look you have th there's three, three things in life, and you can only choose two. And I mean, it's like about building like that, or, yeah. or project, or idea. Yeah. It's like um, you have time, you have taste, and and money. Right. And out of those three, you are, you can only pick two. Right. Which one do you pick? <sighs> yeah, man. I mean, time always becomes a thing because you want to have time to do what you want to do. Okay. Like if like if you love life, like listen, money is like air. I get it, but like people don't understand. Like if you time, and is, then and the second one you will pick is what? Yeah. yeah. Taste or taste. money? I would take taste. There we go. So, Damn, man. Hey, we are very similar. I know. That's that's awesome. I, I, that is, yeah. Yeah, I'll pick t time and taste. Yeah. So we have time and taste yeah. to create something very unique and beautiful with those buildings, and it's going to happen. Yeah. And the money, of course, is a big issue. Right. And so, but at least we we have the idea. I cannot tell you exactly what's going to happen. And, he can't and tell us, but he's, he'll tell me, but we won't put it on air. Now, that being said, so no girls, and that's what are the wines produced under that label? Because I know you do a Tempranillo. Yes, so no girls, it's there's three wines. Yep. It's coming from a 10 acre block, okay. which is a north also in stones. From the stones. Yes, and one third. And is by the way, I, I'm going to unleash him now because we have, I don't have much time, but like he says stones. You guys know it as the Rocks District of Built and Free Water. Right. But 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 what? So But but anyway. So what do you want to You're the only motherfucker <laughs> who calls it the Stones. I I you know I, I, but and I'm not you're not wrong. I'm just saying, like, you know, we're Americans like those are a bunch of rocks. What are you talking about? Well, okay. Well, I mean the thing <laughs> is and, and you know what? At Caius and Bionic Wines, you can use the F word as long as you want. There's one thing when you get on my property, don't use the R word. Ah, exactly. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to like, do not use the R word. word. Yeah. Okay, so so there are three wines. <laughs> one is the Tempranillo. One is the Syrah and one is the Grenache. Okay. And it's created by by Elizabeth Boursier. So, uh, by, Shout out so, to Elizabeth. 
Yeah, it La Rata. Is, La Rata. So it's, it's a a woman is in charge of the project. So there you go, right? So you guys are thinking no girls, and you're thinking it's all the sexist thing. No, it's actually the opposite. It's yeah. very empowering. It's very empowering of the ladies in one yep. industry. Yep. And and in everything else, you know, but the ladies in one industry, I mean, women have great palettes better than men. They do. I I I figured it out a long time. I was like, I remember thank you for saying that. I, I remember I was like, why do like people go Women like white wine because white wine is actually more complex than red wine. When you really start branding, you get a reason why. Like it actually is mm-hmm. more complex, and women can detect a lot of those nuances and hints that. Because listen, man, we're gonna kick back. We're gonna smoke some cigars. Oh, give me this big stimmy Syrah. It's perfect. But perfect. like, you really want to start breaking stuff down? Mm-hmm. Don't nobody got a better palate than Mama. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's the reason why, and uh, uh, we've been very fortunate to have Elizabeth part of the team since 2008. So she used to be the assistant vineron. Mm-hmm. And for the last several years right now, she's a resident vineron. And she's, um, she has help from Karen Gasparotti um, as well. So I have a team of ladies. It's great. You know, they're focused. And we, uh, we, we have similar palettes. Yeah. We've been working together for 15 years. Yeah. So 90% of the time, we have the same idea. Yeah. We pick the same wine and so on. So this is, this is what No Girls is all about. Yeah. You know, and we have, No Girls is actually all girls. It's all girls, yeah. Right. Now it's all girls. Uh, all women, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's what's going on with that brand. Okay. And, and then, yeah. yes. And so then you did No Girls. And then... Horsepower. 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 Yeah. And and why? That started in 2008. And that's a tribute to my grandfather and my ancestor that worked their vineyard and all the French vignerons that worked their vineyards with draft horses. Back until the late 50s, early, late 50s, early 60s, all the vineyards of France more or less were cultivated with draft horses. Mm-hmm. So what we've been doing actually is like to experiment, because the first vineyard we planted back in 1907, it was 10, 10 feet apart between the rows and four, four feet between the vines. Then in 2001, we went six feet apart between the rows, four feet between the vines. Still cultivated with, with tractor. Then in 2008, I'm like, okay, we're going to bring about the, the old equipment from Burgundy. And we say, okay, let's bring some draft horses. Let's close the circle. And, and have the uh, uh, animal element on the property, and let's plant some very high-density vineyard in the same terroir to see what's going to happen. So we started with three, three feet by three feet, mm-hmm. which is like very, very high-density. Mm-hmm. And then now we are at three and a half by three and a half. There's a little more space, but still very high-density. So what happens is basically those vines, the, the Syrah and the Grenache, ripen later. About seven to ten days later, at lower breaks. So you ended up with more hanging time. Mm-hmm. You ended up with uh, stems that are like riper, more lignified, and you end up with wine at lower alcohol level. And I think maybe we have that solution there for global warming. Mm. Mm. And the, the wines, the horsepower wines, you try them, right? I mean, they are not as, as fruit forward as the Cayuse wine or no girls. Right. That it's more like the umami. No, it is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is umami. And I was just thinking, like, even going back to Cayuse, how do you fucking plant vines in stones, man? 
Like what? What like like? Do you have to pull? St- How do you plant vines and stones? How do you do that? I mean, I, I I put a fence up in my backyard and I have this thing and I dig. It's called crowbar. Uh, oh, my gosh, you have to literally pull back the stones, go down. Or- you go. I mean, you make sure that the soil and the mix. The first, the first. 12 to 18 inches is a nice mix of, of siltilum and stones. And after that, it's com- completely like stone, concrete yeah. stone. Yeah. So you go with crowbar and you, you go ahead and, and you make a nice deep hole and then you, you throw the vines in there. And uh, just make sure that actually you put the root system down, not up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you plant vines, one by one. That's very important. And you take the time and then you put the graft right there close to the ground level mm-hmm. very because um this is a great area there but we have like winter freeze oh and, yeah and now walla walla is like winter freeze. the desert it's like it's hot as fuck in the summer and then like w- when i went out last year for the first time like we left and like four days later it was snow on the ground yes yeah, snow on the ground <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and it was that way for like months like, right yeah so, but the, the the idea is to do that, and now since 2000, we've been planting grafted vines. Okay. We are the first one to plant grafted vines in Walla Walla. The crazy Frenchman again. Yes. <laughs> well, guess what? Now, for the last four years, Philoxera, we know Philo- officially Philoxera is in Walla Walla. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Okay. There's a patch of Philoxera wow. in, in Walla Walla, so it's very important to plant grafted vines. Um, And... Even for Caius, what, where did you get your vines? Were, were, were they from France? Were they from? Did, did you get clones from France? Did you go to my man, our man John Alban? Where did you get your 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 Syrah from? Where did you get your vines from? The first vines came from Washington State, and it's oh, like wow. mainly, mainly. I mean Washington, but yeah, originally from California. So you're talking about the Estrella and the Phillips selection, okay? Right. <clears throat> That's yeah. what we planted first. And then in 2000, I decided to plant some John Alban selection. Mm. So those are suitcase stuff that John brought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe <laughs> from the Northern Rhone, every time I ask John, his good friend, and I stop asking the question, but he asked me like, um, when I ask him, okay, John, where, what the PB block means? Well, PB means like power, power block. Okay. Where, uh, where did you get the vines? Well, you know, that was like pre like TSA shit. Like, so people were like, you right. know, you probably know the Pasoni story, like about the, right. yeah. Like, like dudes the were Pinot going, Noir. yeah. People were smuggling Smuggling stuff vines right exactly (laughs) you know and thanks thanks thank god they did they did yeah we've got some grenache and some some syrah from John and those are definitely much better than the Antav clones yeah yeah by far yeah by far um (laughs) and then so and your labels are all so different right like like but then bionic frog just seems like Whimsical. Yes, thank you. That's the word. That's the word. That's a great American word too. Yes. Whimsical. Like Serendipity uh, and whimsical. Whimsical. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Vanic Frog is very whimsical label. Right. Right. It's goofy. It's cartoony. Yeah. And this is our flagship Syrah. Yes. This is the most expensive, and this is we have a wailing list for the wailing list. I was like, come on, guys. That's just a That's ca- some synchronon shit. A waiting list for the waiting list. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, but the price is still affordable. It's 125 a bottle. I mean, it's expensive. No, Why? but again, I would say affordable. We go back to something. He's like, 
and people have money in America <laughs> that they want to spend. Shkringling. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but the thing is, what I want to create, I mean, because the Bionic Frog is my nickname. I was like, I was like, that frog reminds me of you. It's not you, but like, it, like you said, it's whimsical. Like I, the I'm, energy of yeah, that the frog. energy. Yes, it comes through in the graphic. Right. right. That that frog is yeah. whimsical. Is 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 um is working hard, crushing, yeah. Yeah. you know. And so I got that nickname when I was working in Australia, and and I thought that well, actually, that would be a great name for wine, and never judge a book by its cover. Well, that would be the same with the wine. Yeah. And that's the reason why we decided to put that label. And it works great in America. Now, I remember like taking this wine in uh, in Belgium yeah. for Benjamin Porter. And he looked at it. He's like, what the heck is Sacre that? bleu. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm not going to be able to sell that. And, and the price point is like, no, thank you. No, that, that label is, should be a, a $690.99. Bottle of wine, yeah, right? Okay, so anyway, but it is what it is. What we like is like we like to have fun, mm -hmm. and we love colors, mm -hmm. and it's pretty much it. But we are not going to change the label every year, like like Manfred Krenkel at Cinequanon. Yeah, you know, I'm not an artist like he is. Yeah, it's like he's an artist. Yeah, 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 amazing artist. So anyway, <laughs> um, no, it's a fun wine, um, and so between all those brands. Essentially, um, like what Bionic is Bionic more whimsical? Are you playing around more? Like what? What? What's the? Because this is this is all from the stones. Mm -hmm. um, kind of what differentiates them from each other? All the brands. Yeah. I uh, the like for instance, no girls. Mm -hmm. uh, Isabel has complete carte blanche on it, and we don't use any new oak. Okay. Except yeah. a little bit on the Tempranillo because Tempranillo loves it. It loves the old. You need yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It does. Uh, it does. Otherwise, then it's it's what's different. It's mainly, I would say, for the no girls is the one creation, but otherwise it's the farming. Okay. Because with horsepower, having high density, mm -hmm. it's all the far it's all the farming, the density and that approach there, because all the vineyards are farmed with BD techniques. Yeah, I was going to say I, that I want to go back to that because we 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 started with that. Um, what are your what are your farm, farming practices for all your brands? Biodynamic yeah. farming. We started in in '97 with uh, an organic approach. Okay. And in 2002, hired a, a consultant from France who lives now in Santa Rosa, but uh, his, his name is Philippe Armonier, and he used to own Domaine Marcou. In okay. Chateauneuf du Pape with his two sisters, he sold his interest, oh, wow. and he moved, you know, to become like a, a consultant in America. And then from a consultant, he he became a mentor. And for uh, over ten years, we were together, working together. Because you can read that many books about about biomic farming. You need you need a mentor. You need somebody that's gonna actually hold your hand and take you through. And knows what bugs to look for. And I was like, you know, like what what's going on? Well, here? I mean, all the preparation, five hundred, five hundred one. And, and 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 so on and when to do it and follow the lunar uh, calendar and so on so I mean that's the reason why uh, uh, we love biomic farming it's 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 very uh, important for us mm -hmm. to take care of mother nature we feel that we are more that uh, of course we are vigneron but we are more like uh, uh, servant 
The, the mother nature is a master. Stewards. You're and stewards steward. of the land. Oh, steward of the land. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. That's what we are. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. And then after that, we have also our category. We haven't talked about our category. No. There's very Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we have to... Or the category. Or category. I had that one too with you, Christoph. Damn, you! I always drink good wine when I'm with you. I know. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> I don't know. We need to drink. We need to hang out more often. <laughs> Salute. Cheers. Come, um, come to dinner with us tonight at the the the, uh, the Four Horsemen. Oh man, you know I gotta go home. I okay. didn't bring the wife. Well, you, you're taking those two birds exactly. for your sweetheart. Exactly. That's great. Um, yeah. So. What a category. Our category. It's another thing that we discovered back in uh, 2004, 2005. I discovered the land there. We bought the land and we planted a couple acres on a very steep slope along uh, the North Fork of the Walla Walla Valley. In fact, this is where the North Fork meets with the South Fork and become the Walla Walla did you, River. Is that where, where did you take us where we had that? We couldn't even climb because it was so freaking wet. That, Wait, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, okay. I thought that's, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I was. <laughs> 60%. Yeah, 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 yeah. 60% yes, slope yeah. right there. Yeah, got you it. Know? And we could not climb it because it was It was wet, raining. Wet. Yeah, yeah, it was wet. It, it was, was raining. It was wet. First of, all, first of all, it's tough when it's dry because it's 60%. Wet, it was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're just going to go yeah. home and drink we're, the wine. Yeah, yeah, let's go back. Yeah. And then, and so that is all about, again, that's the terroir because of the, 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 the 60 degree angle. What is that? What is that? impart to those wines in your in from your perspective as a viron it's a it's a com complete this is the holy grail for me it's a complete different beast i'm you know when i bought the land and started to develop over the years and everything and the bills were coming mm -hmm. and and then and <laughs> as then, they do they never they stop <laughs> they, yeah, they never stop coming but trevor my general manager and very good friend trevor dorland yep. uh, always send me the, the the bills actually to approve them and then i was trying to see twenty five thousand dollars for the for these 12 grand for that whatever i call trevor say you know what whatever comes from our category i i don't need to approve anything you pay I don't want to see anything because this is taking the fun away. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, dude, I just, I just, it's I like, believe it. I, I just can't. Yeah. All right. And, and, and then, I mean, after we planted the vineyard and raised the first one, he asked me, you know, it's like, hey, do you want to know how much we are in right now in that project? I said, no, not, nope. re not, not ready, but, nope. but maybe I'm going to say, uh, maybe, you know, I think maybe we have half, half a million for those two acres. And he goes like, <laughs> you go up you go up and that's and that's okay you know and that's this is the last project in america yep for me yep um my team always look and roll their eyes when i say that because they are like yeah sure now because yeah. chris uh, just so i know christoph is going to sell it all for like two hectares at burgundy one day <laughs> 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 I won't even do that. No, I will not do that. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no. Too many uh, taxes in France. Then I will have to pay inheritance taxes or whenever. I, I know that's I, a whole other discussion. I, you know, I, I mean, like, we've been having a great time. So let's not talk about yeah, that. No, no, let's not. All right. So, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Unless, you know, I marry the Queen of Burgundy, Lalou Bisleroy. Well, you know, listen, man. <laughs> 
you know, everybody, you know, you get a little sugar mama for hey, you. Hey, a man has to do whatever a man has to do, right? Okay, so, you Listen, know. you know. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the, being that that's your last Project America, then let's come full circle. Sure. And talk about, you, you go back home, Champagne Christophe Baron. Full circle. That's the reason why we called... It's called Champagne uh, Christophe Baron, but the company we import directly, we import the Champagne. We now we are importer as well, but okay. we only import this this brand, uh, my Champagne, yep. and it's called uh, uh, in French, c'est des racines et des ailes, roots and wings. My roots are from Champagne. I needed wings actually to travel and come in America mm -hmm. and use those same weeds to go back to my roots. Mm. So that's the reason why we call it Brooklyn Wings yeah. uh, when import. Um, I I never thought I was going to to do champagne and uh, and especially hundred percent Pinot Meunier. Yeah, that's another thing too. For two things, one hundred percent Pinot Meunier and what size? You only sell one size bottles. Magnums only. Why is that, Christophe? Why is that? Because that's what um, uh, Mr. Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway said. said, like, champagne always tastes better than Magnum, so I have to trust Ernest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you come to America to be a Vignon, you should trust uh, our, and, our, one of our greatest drinkers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know when he said that. Maybe he was in Cuba drinking some no, Cuban he's probably drinking. Uh, listen, mm -hmm. he's probably drinking um, daiquiris. Daiquiris there. I've yeah. been on a Hemingway Quick uh, for about a year. I've been drinking a lot of rum drinks. I'm like, ah, he's, he was on to something there. Yeah, something. But uh, so, so I love this because um, I love Pinot Meunier. I love a still Pinot Meunier. Yes. Right? Like, like it, I think people sleep on that grape. They don't know how good it is. But like, and now uh, you did, although didn't you make, you made some, uh, Demi Magnums. You somebody one time you said you someone wanted some stuff. He's like you made some Demi. Did you ever make any Demi Magnums? No, I won't. Like, you know, like, like like bottles. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, some people ask me for that, but it's yeah. like it's when you open. I know it's hard to say like to restaurants or Magnum. Uh, no, but I mean the beauty is like like when when you got friends around a Magnum champagne is it? Is it? That's it? the way to go because for four person. Right. Like listen, exactly because because listen, even going. I was going out to dinner and I was like, okay. We're going to bring in two bottles. There's four people. That's two glasses of wine each. That's it. That's and champagne, it. when you start, when you are very thirsty. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you drink very, very rapidly yes. at the very beginning of the, of the, the, of the, of the evening, evening, right? So a Magnum is the perfect size. And then on top of that, I wanted to give Pinot Meunier all the great chance to age. Because Pinot Meunier has been the white child yep. of, of champagne. Yep. And yep. thanks to Krug, who are using a fair amount of Pinot Meunier, in their in their assemblage in yeah. their blend. Yeah. This being said, uh, the first really the 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 vigneron like Jérôme Prévost, Jérôme Prévost put from Gueux with the Champagne La Closerie. He put Pinot Meunier with De Hour, for instance. Uh, they put Pinot Meunier back on the map, and now you have Pinot Meunier uh, everywhere. I go mm -hmm. back to to Reims twice a year. I go to my favorite wine shop there, and then I always grab a cast. A, a case of new Pinot Meunier. And I never heard of those new vignerons. I mean, Champagne is like Texas when they discovered oil. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy what's yeah. going on in Champagne. Yeah. So this is just amazing. And the young generation right now, more vineyard designated, more organic, more biodynamic farming. Champagne is just what you're seeing right now. Uh, with uh, the, the, the Champagne of Vigneron is just, it's just the peak of the iceberg. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, which is great. Yeah. It's just really, really good. So Pinot Meunier <laughs> is my thing. I want to be known for Pinot Meunier. I don't want to be known for anything else but Pinot Meunier. I dig it, man. I dig it. Um, well, we've been talking for a little bit here. And we're going to wrap up because you got to go over the river to a dinner. I do. Which I would go to you, but like Pam ain't having it. <laughs> hey, hey one, one thing I would like to add before, you know, I mean, we're talking about food and food is my thing yes. with wine and food and wine pairing. Last night, I, we went to the North Week. Okay. You've been there? No. Okay. I've so heard of it. Yes. So Cédric uh, Nices, who used to be the head sommelier from 11 Madison, yep. uh, opened his restaurant a couple of years ago and we went there last night. And then, guys, if when you listen to the podcast, if you've never been to Northwick, you've got to go to Northwick. I mean, the wine list is great. The ambiance is amazing. You feel like in a French bistro. The food is outstanding. Go there. Love it. Shout out. So, Look at that. You got that free press from Christophe right. Baron. Hey, well, that's true. It's important. I know it is. It's 100% important. All right. So, listen. I'm going to... I think we did this. We did this hospice, but I had to change it because someone, uh, a a larger person in the space of wine media, co-opted my game, which was it was originally was FMK. Remember we did FMK. We did FMK at hospice. FMK. Yes, yes and you had your your beautiful rose colored glasses, but 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 I had to change it up. And hey. I'm two I'm two podcasts in, so that that the thing you heard that was me hitting the microphone. And I, I listen, I would drink more, but I'm gonna take some home to my lovely wife. You have to, but it's something very good. <laughs> that is very good. That's something something usually on your podcast. I No, I mean it, some, uh, here's sometimes what I Sometimes you don't drink as much wine than that. It's no, good. I don't know. And and also it's interesting. What I tell guests is bring a bottle of wine you'd like to share. And I do appreciate when people Bring something that's significant in their wine journey, not just the wine they make. Although I would have taken any wine you've brought, but like you went there with these two wines because they were important in your wine journey. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. One one thing when you're a vigneron, one thing that's very important: try not to drink your own wine. Yes, don't get high <laughs> on your own supply. No, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so instead of FMK, we I now play slap. Lick, fondle. Oh, I, I understand the slap. I like the lick and fondle. What does that mean? You grab. Yeah, well, fondle. I mean, you like. You okay, it's a new word for me. Maybe yeah. it might become my favorite word now. Yes. Fondle. Yeah, I think. Okay. You, I think. Yeah. So slap. Uh, that means I don't like it. Yeah, you don't like it. The well, lick. The lick is somewhere like, in between, like, uh, and the fondle is like. I don't know. For me, licking is like. Like so I'm like lick is very intimate to me, but anyway. yeah, but the fondle even more. Fondle's like even you know more. you're going there. Yeah, okay, you're going there. All right, so um, Pinot Meunier. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Chardonnay. Okay. No, Chardonnay. If I go, Pinot Meunier is definitely one of them. Okay. Syrah. You are awful. And Grenache. Now I'm awful. You, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just about to say, um, you. I'm a motherfucker. You motherfucker. I'm a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how can you do that for me? 
Because it's a game. It's not a game. I, I'm. He's like, it's not a game. I love no. wine. I'm gonna be wrong. I can't. I'm. Anyway. You know what? No. I, I'm French. No. I, I'm French. I love orgies. I know exactly. <laughs> I, I <laughs> sleep with the three of them, <laughs> <like>, right? <laughs> nice try. That's the, that was a Jeb Dunnick answer, right? <laughs> By the way, Christoph was studying. He's like, I'm not giving. I'm not gonna. Let's, okay. Who are you slapping? Who are you looking for? Pinot Meunier, Syrah, Syrah, and Grenache. And I went all red. Because I'm gonna. Oh man. I. I'm. I'm gonna slap. Believe it or not, but I'm gonna slap Syrah. I can believe that. And it's hard to do, but like, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. I can believe it. Yep. Very, very difficult. Yep. I've got slap Syrah. I am going to leak. Pinot Meunier, and I'm gonna go in bed with Grenache. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You know what? I mean, we haven't talked about Grenache, but the Grenache, I know we didn't. Even, the I Grenache mean, from the Stones are just incredible. Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, that gives us another something. It's to talk another about topic. Next time we next time. get together, absolutely. And spend two hours together. Absolutely. I can't wait. Christoph Baron, what are you most excited about for the future? Most excited. About the future, the future of what? Of wine or in general? general or? I mean, for I mean, like it, exactly, like it could be in general. I mean, you know, we we you know, like it, it doesn't have to be wine, man. Just but like, it's gonna have to be wine a little bit because yeah, we are I mean, in the wine business. Yeah, you are in the wine right. business. Yeah, because otherwise it's gonna be very depressing with what's going on in the world. Yeah, I mean, right yeah, now. exactly. The future doesn't look good, good outside no. of wine right now. Right. I mean, <laughs> thanks that you have champagne and wine to forget yeah, what's going I mean, on. Yes. Right? Yes. So I, I think what's the most exciting is the farming mm -hmm. and and uh, the the young generation and the people actually uh, kids are going to winemaking and, and farming school energy and 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 uh, viticulture schools and there's more and more people who actually said like I want to become um, I want to do farming I want to become a, a vineyard manager. Instead of a winemaker. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, because everybody is, oh, the winemaking, you know, this is where the money is right. and everything. And now you have a, um, you have a group of people that's like, like, oh, you know, that's actually, yeah, this, it starts with the farming. Yeah. This is a foundation, right? And the farming is a foundation. You cannot grow a cathedral if you don't have a great foundation. You cannot create great wines if you don't have a great foundation, a great great soil, great subsoil, and then, and then great vineyard. So I'm very excited about that. And then maybe like smaller estate, mm -hmm. um, enough, no, enough of like those gentlemen farmer bullshit, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, real farmer. No, I forgot. Someone, someone said like, there's like in the wine industry, like the stock photo is some white dude who's six foot Three with gray hair, plaid shirt. with a plaid shirt, with a vest on, and some boots and some jeans. That's the fucking. That's who people and a, a, a golden retriever by his side. Oh yeah, like that's that's the, the best part of the photo is a golden retriever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about that, about farming, about the the, the young generation knowing that hey, you know, a green and and uh, organic farming for whatever, like for the what you put. In your plate, the produce, uh, whatever. I mean, the 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 new generation, the millennial, and and so on. They're definitely more attracted to that, and this is for the best. 
So I think we, we, we are in good shape there. I think it's good. The young generation, you know, they're smart, they're witty, and they, they know what they want, you know, and they're not bored about that wine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm excited about. Uh, uh, the young people drinking more great wine also. Uh, yeah, this is pretty much where I'm at. C'est ça. C'est ça. C'est ça, c'est la vie, c'est right? La vie. C'est la vie, c'est comme ça. Uh, Christophe, thank you so much for coming in, doing thank this. Uh, we've been talking about, I mean, as soon as I met you, I was like, I was like, he's like, hello, are you the black wine guy? And it was just on from there. Tell people how they can find you, how they can be a part of what you're doing, what's your website, what's your main website? All right, so the main website is called, uh, what is this called? Bionic Wines. Bionic Wines. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bionic Wines. So B-I-O-N-I-C-W-I-N-E-S dot com. Bionic Wines. You can go there, take a look at what we are doing. And this is the best way if you, um, you are willing, actually, uh, to, be, uh, to be part of the journey. You know, this is the best way. Absolutely. Yes. All listeners out there, don't forget to check the show notes for each show. The show notes. Show notes. Because that's where I'll put links to uh, the Bionic Wines. I'll list the wines we drink. Um, I'll put links to their Instagram, their social. Um, Till the next time, cheers to the Mavericks. He's a maverick. He's a little bit of a philosopher, and he's definitely a deep thinker, and he's most definitely a wine drinker. Christoph Barron, thanks for coming. It's your boy MJ Sinoff saying peace. Peace. À la prochaine. Merci. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list.